Hey everyone, I'm Tari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another episode of CSI. Before we begin, this is a safe space for you. So, and everyone coming here, we know there's been a lot going on in the world right now, especially with the holidays coming. And we know that this can be a hard time for some of us. So, just know that if you if you want to listen to us during the holidays to keep you company, that's fine too. I mean. What better way to celebrate the holidays listening to your favorite podcast and watching CSI? I mean, that's a good way to celebrate. Although there's not a lot of Christmas episodes on this show, but I mean, it's a good way to celebrate something that you love. And this week we had a new episode of CSI called Grace Notes. And it was confirmed... I mean, it was confirmed my theory from last week that Grace was going to leave some sort of message that only Catherine would understand. And that is exactly what happened. Grace left a message that only Catherine got it. Theresa Belarus getting and bringing home who she was suspected had do something to do with Grace. And his name was, I have it down here. Name is. Wait, I have it here, too. McCollin. McCollin, yeah. Oh, also, the song that is playing on the background is called Kali, Kali Tonka, Kali Tonka by Paula. I think it's a Belarusian indie band. I try to look for the lyrics of the song. I really tried my hardest to look for the lyrics, but I couldn't find it. But all I could is that this word, the, the name of the song, is translated to English. It means lullaby. According to Google Translator, if, if, you, if you knew what this word means, please DM to us, but according to Google Translator, translator it means lullaby. Maybe a, a nod to the... Maybe... Illusion. Yeah. An illusion. Hi, McCaffrey there. And when Catherine is talking to McCollin, she threatens him with an FBI file, which this means she still has some connections with former FBI account members. Well, we already knew she still had her connections with the FBI, if I'm mistaken. She, when the FBI took over the case, she was the one that tried to convince the Bureau to hand it to hand the case back to the CSIs. And also she has a program that probably a few FBI agents probably went to her program. Maybe. But I don't know, just a thought, but I like to think that it is. And we find out McConnell did not murder Grace, but he knows who does. 
he knows who did murder Grace, but he's not talking unless he, he unless the DA grants he grants him immunity. But he he ends up drugging himself and gets taken down the elevator while Catherine is running down the stairs. And we find the EMT on the floor of the elevator because he runs. Yeah, so Catherine doesn't know where he is. He was her only lead to find Grace's body. At that point, she she knew Grace was dead, but I think some part of her maybe believed that it liked to believe that Grace was still alive. And we meet Grace's mom. She comes to to the lab and she talks to Catherine and Merrick about her daughter's disappearance. She said that Grace didn't text or call after her surgery and she was angry at her, but then she realized that wasn't like her to not call or come to visit after the surgery. Yes, and then we find McClellan is in a warehouse and Henderson murdered with a Van Gogh that looks like a Jason Pollock because of the blood splatter. Oh, they they think it's a forgery. Okay. At that point, they think that everything that they found, they found in the warehouse with with his body and his nephew's body. They think yes. that everything is a forgery up to that point. And my was my week last week filled with uh, with Van Gogh. I've seen some Van Goghs up close. And they're really beautiful, guys. They're really beautiful. I don't mean to brag, but this guy, he knew what he was doing. Oh, he did. He, really mis- he was really misunderstood at his time. I mean, if you don't know how he died, he, I mean, people don't really know. We don't know how he died. He, he might have taken his own life or this two brothers, one of them, the older brother, might have shot him to death. But even when he was laying dying, he wasn't going to tell anyone what happened. He would say that he shot himself. But we don't all did a pretty good episode on them, on him, so go watch it. And I'm going to mention Buzzfeed themselves again later on this episode. And Ellie and Ellie and Josh, they are going through the through the evidence, through the warehouse, and they find this blood spatter on what they thought was a forgery of Van Gogh. So they take everything back to the lab. They went through every single piece of evidence on that warehouse, and they couldn't find, they couldn't find much. Ellie, like, she found something that wasn't and she found this, I think it was a bacterial, bacterial DNA from Mikhail's bud. She was like, well, maybe it was just a, like, secondary transfer. It doesn't really mean anything. Because and, and talking. before they actually look at all the evidence, they find a 41 Magnum slug inside McCollin, which is important. 
That is not a usual weapon. That is not a usual weapon to have to kill people because that's an old weapon and that's also expensive. So they think there's going to be a record somewhere of this gun. And while the, well, and Ali and Josh find epithelios on the painting, Bo pops out of nowhere behind the painting. Bo was just eavesdropping everything, just listening to them talk. Yes, and we find out Bo only ever had two pups on one cigar, one poor daughter's breast. <laughs> Catherine, the killer's getting... Catherine keeps thinking that the killer keep, is getting away because every second and regrets her last time with Lindsay. What? I can read my handwriting there. Catherine thinks that every time she takes a step, the killer is like a hundred steps ahead of her. So, And we also... And then we also find out that Nevada... Is responsible for over sixty percent of the U.S. gold. Of you U.S. Know what? I didn't know that. Same here, and I'm from the U.S. It makes sense that Nevada is responsible for most of the gold. Majority. In the I mean, um, and actually, kind of when that when when Will said that, it kind of reminded me of that episode, and I, I think it was in five. I don't. I'm not sure that. Police is chasing the guy, and this man he walks out of the car, and he has like this big wooden stake on his head. And then Grissom and Nick find out that this man was actually inside a a gold mine, right? If I'm mistaken. Well. So... Catherine finds a lock that goes to the to the body found with McCall because the evidence takes them to a gas station. And then they find this key, this lock, and they open it, and they find Grace's body. And man, did Catherine's face remind me of her face when Walk was killed? Right, it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. You had no right to do that to me, okay? It was pretty late where I live when I watched that. You have no right to break my heart like this. Actually, queen, keep doing it. You can break my heart as many times as you want. I'm going to take it. Because you're a queen, you're an icon, you're a moment. And you're and a legend. While looking at the body in the mall, Catherine finds a substance in Grace's shoe, which is a coke new. And then Sonia finds a sm- has a small, one small scene. And it's with her finding another 41 Magnum bullet and a note in Grace's esophagus. So they don't know exactly what that is yet. But that, end up, that ended up being really, really relevant. They find out that what killed Grace was the same bullet that killed Mikhail and his nephew. Yes, and Grace did not really write on the note, but she drew on it. We find out later. 
Then Bo tries a new method to see what's inside, what, what she did on the notes. And surprising zero people, only Catherine is able to read what it's on that note. You know, honestly, sometimes I think if this was the old cast, they would they would just look at each other and know what is going on. And Chris yeah. sees ten call from with Rick Rickasees, which is the one of the people who ousted Catherine out of the office. Oh, just want to add something. When Grace realized she was going to die. She swallowed that paper that she had drew on it. Mm-hmm. Because she knew that she was going to be found eventually. And, and, and Catherine and Aligo talked to McCall thinking he's involved. McCall is called because of the evasion of McCall was called this casino because of the evasion of privacy. And then Jody comes in. Something is up with Jody. We found out why later on, but I was saying before everything happened, like, I don't trust her. Didn't I text you that and you did not believe me? You know, the first time I saw Jody, I was like, hmm, that's weird, in a way. Like, huh. Should I trust this one? Like, I was suspicious of her. Didn't fully trust her. But then well, you didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone were, uh, most of us yeah. were. I did, but as soon as this episode was starting, something in me was not trusting Grace. I mean, Jody. I trust Grace, not Jody. And Bo finds the number on the note that Catherine thinks because of everything that was found that she cost Jody her job. Catherine thinks it's just Bo thinks it's just squiggles, while Catherine knows it's art. And when Catherine realized that it was actually supposed, it was supposed to be lilies in a jug, which is in a the they think the original is in the eclipse. It's about to be stolen. And then Thanks. they take the... What's the name of the thing that goes around? Well, so Catherine is going through the through the painting, right? To see, to, you know, to know exactly what is the fake one. Allie figures out that it, that the painting that they already had was the rear Van Gogh. They find, yeah, the painting that they have is the real Van Gogh. And then jo Josh is still has been going through uh, actual Van Gogh. And this is not the first time Catherine has done a case with forgeries. The very first time we see her doing with a case with forgeries. With season one, episode 10 of the original, Sex, Lies, and Larvae. Oh, you know what? When that happened, I instantly, like, I remember about this episode, I think it's in the floor, when Nick, Grissom, and Sierra, they are called to this. Yes. 
the Japanese. Yeah, that when was... Sarah, when Sarah suddenly becomes an expertise on um, Japanese history, Japanese Japanese history, yes, and then like. Grizzard freaks out when she no Sarah freaks out when Grizzard takes out the Saputsuko sword. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I'm very sorry if I mispronounced. Well, I think it was Nick, right? Grizzard was 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 I don't know looking for Prince, and then he asked Nick to lift the tape. When Nick lifted the tape, he actually also lifted part of the material that was in the forgery. But and he asked, yeah. how good was our insurance? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, when that, when Josh said that, well, so we've been going through a mango, I was like, oh, I hope the CSI insurance covers mangoes too. <laughs> yeah. And then they all, then they go back to the eclipse and collect oh, all the art. They go back to the eclipse to collect all the art and take it back to Chronicle. The security guard, Frank. Needs to be questioned. Doc finds another angle of a parking lot and they go to look at a form. Frank takes a small break and they see him and talk about talk about a call. Bo mm. loved to work with the expert because she'd work with Cleveland Heist. Yeah. So, a few things about it. So, I Google it and apparently there were two Cleveland on it. Two Cleveland heists. Heists? Is there a plural for heists? Well, heists. So, the, I'm gonna go chronologically. So, the first Cleveland heist was from 1992. So, I'm just gonna read what was in the papers from all the, all this heists that I'm going to talk about. So, two stolen paintings found in Cleveland. Federal agents in Cleveland have recovered two paintings, one by Pablo Picasso and one by Claude Monet, reported stolen in 1992 from the Brentwood home of Stephen Copperman, a now-retired ophthalmologist. So, federal agents recovered the paintings, I mean, and also this most recent one from 2016, which I think is actually the one they were talking about, was it goes like this: Joan Carroll University employee indicted on, on grand theft charges in Museum Jewel Hyde. He was indicted on February 2nd on grand theft and vandalism charges in connection with December 3rd, 2015, Jewel Hyde from the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. He was accused of stealing jewels from the Cleveland Museum of Natural History with some paintings as well. So he, he smashed a display case and took almost at the time, this, this happened in 2016, at the time, this was equivalent to 81,000 dollars in sapphires. But he was caught by surveillance cameras, so he didn't think of that. So if you watch BuzzFeed Unsolved, you probably know what I'm going to talk about next. When Bo mentioned the Cleveland Heights, my mind actually went straight to the Garden Museum Heights. If you watch BuzzFeed Unsolved, you know that there was an episode on this Heights 
there is a Netflix documentary about this heist too. So I'm just gonna read what 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 is on the Wikipedia page. In the early mornings of March 18, 1990, 13 works of art were stolen from the Isabella Stewart Garden Museum in Boston. Guards admitted two men posing as police officers responding to a disturbance call, and the thieves tied the guards up and loaded the museum over the next hour. The case is unsolved. No arrest has been made and no works have been recovered. Their stolen works have been valued at hundreds of millions of dollars by the FBI and our dealers. The, the museum is offering a 10 million rewards for information leading up to the arts recovery, the largest bounty ever offered by a private institution. So if you've seen BuzzFeed Unsolved, there is a few theories to what happened. They never recovered. And now back to the back to the episode. They Cassian goes to talk to the expert, and they ask about what each other is not in the frame. But there was Paul Yeso that was invented to eighty years after Van Gogh's death. Well, that's actually. I mean, there is. This reminds me from one thing of the Sherlock series from BBC. Stephen Moffat. From Stephen Moffat, yeah, and a star by Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin uh, Freeman. There was this one episode they I can't remember the name of the episode or what season, probably season two, if I'm not mistaken. But Sherlock said that you can tell a painting is fake if you look at the details. And in the painting he was mentioning is because there is like this constellation. And the painting and this constellation wasn't discovered until like a hundred years after the painting was supposedly made. So he knew it was a forgery. Because it was in this kind of how the that art specialist specialist concludes that some of the most of the paintings were fake. And actually Bo it was a bow that could that could get over her. It was like I've read your book since Stuff like that, right? Yes. I would have done the same thing. And Catherine knows about everything that has happened in the casino, happened over the casino. Because she knows about how illegal money constantly is changing hands. Well, I mean... It's not like she could say anything, right? It's not like she could say anything about it because Catherine, I mean, she, before she found out that Stan Brown was her father, she was, as the show always puts it, an exotic dancer or a sex worker. She knew a lot of the legal stuff went down and especially like, it actually reminds me of when they got in that and they needed the money to recover Nick and Catherine went straight to Sam to ask for the money because she knew that he would have the money at hand. So she knows that everything, like, she knows that a lot of criminal activity happens in yes, any yeah. casino at any given time. 
it happens things, everything goes back to Rick. But you find out Frank is to have murdered three people, including Grace. God, I was so upset when I found out that Frank was involved. I wasn't. likes Frank. It's always, he was too quiet. No, but he seemed really nice with Catherine. Okay, but what did they say later on in the episode? And Kat, and speaking about that, as Catherine sees Jodie leave Casino be after losing her job, she sees a tortoise shell inside the box. And man, does Catherine have bad luck with female friends that are not CSIs? Does she have bad luck or does she have bad luck? They either end up murdered or murderous. I mean, a very stupid one. Seriously, like her old high school friend, when, when she left CSI, she was behind a lot of the serial killings that will happen in season 12. Then Catherine finds all the evidence she needs to arrest Jody, And that's when we hear what she was probably keeping hope for enemies closer. Because they all saying, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Jody said that so they were basically they, they were basically laundering Murray. They would yes. order the forgeries, the forgeries, buy the actual paintings, but they they would sell the actual paintings and keep the forgeries. But then, if you were a bit confused about it, because I had to stop and think for a minute about like what they were doing. And Grace saw all this happening. And but see, Frank did not think any of it because you know she was just a server. So she was basically invisible. And Jody, when they when they performed the letter, because she basically said that Pat was privileged, no, because she was Sandra's daughter. Yes, and like we all do, like we've been watching this character grow since. Instead of the year 3000, it was the year 2000. Sorry, I just had to do that music reference. And, and then Catherine wants to remember Grace. It's what, and Catherine tells Jody to remember that Grace is what brought her down. Grayson told that when she was growing up, she would always say, I have questions, I have questions, I have questions. Yes. That is exactly what keeps Catherine. And then Max doesn't want Catherine to leave. But, you know, at this right now, Catherine kind of wants to leave and go on vacation with her daughter and maybe go back to the clips. And Josh comes in and says, there's a, spring, a scene in Spring Valley. Then that's when Grace's mom told, tells Catherine how Grace was always asking questions like Lindsay used to be and how Catherine used to be. And then Catherine looks around the lab with a reminiscent song playing. And then she decides to stay and go to the scene at Spring Valley. And then she said she wants to take a job. And when Josh asks her, so you're staying with us? Something or something like that. And Catherine's like, I have questions. 
Yep. And then, and and that's the episode. And next week episode is going to be about, it's called In the White Room. And finally, finally, we're going to see the series. Look, I don't know if I was the only one that thought about it. But it would have, we talked to one of my friends about it. Then it would have been cool. This racist murder was tied to the serial killer. It would happen. It would have been really good. But now thinking about it, this murder was tied to the serial killer. And then, like, by the end of the season, they solved the case and all that. Then Catherine had no reasons to stay. So Grace was the reason why Catherine came back to Vegas. And Grace is the reason why she's staying. I mean, she wouldn't stay in Las Vegas regardless of working at CSI or not because that's where Lindsay is. That's where where her granddaughter is. But Grace's motivation um, was the one thing that taps Catherine and the CSI really knew. Because really, there I mean, look, we don't know much about the serial killer. All we have here, like all we've been saying up to now, on a series about the serial killer, we don't know more which we or she is. But as far as we've seen from these couple of episodes that have something to do with the serial killer, um, he talks in, he or she talks in codes, and he or she sends messages to other killers, as we've seen on the first episode of CSI. And the guy of of this season of CSI Vegas, and the killer said that the one that was behind everything was still the code. I think this is gonna be worse than Natalie Davis, worse than Nate. And you guys all know how much I love. Haskell in the games. Not the killing part though, but you know how much I love about all things, you know, all that stuff. And also, well, it's then the Git Cobble Killer. And everybody knows why I kind of like him because Washington has one of the most notorious rates with serial killers in the United States. I say that with my hand over my head. Well, the miniature killer, I don't know if it was actually. Uh, inspired by it, but there is this miniature with crime scenes. I think, I don't know if it's in the Smithsonian, that the woman, she passed away actually, she she built that, that miniature with lots of crime scenes and apparently um, the police still take other cadets to see, to look at the miniature and try to figure it out what happened as an exercise. So maybe the miniature killer from Seaside was based 
home this miniature that was built and then ends up helping police officers how to solve murders. Because, I mean, the police officer, when he comes to a scene, he or she are the ones that decide that have to call the sheriff or the sergeant, and then they, or the captain, and then they have to call the CSI if they conclude that a murder actually happened, they are the ones that have to call the CSIs. Like, I try to look for any, like, for any true crime cases that had any similarities to what we've seen so far from the single killer. And they haven't found a lot of true crime cases that make sense with the with the characteristics that we've been seeing. I think that this killer writes in chalk. I don't know if it is such a chalk. I mean, looks like chalk for me when we've seen that at the last scene of the season finale of season one of Tuesday of Vegas. But it might be something else. I don't know. It's up to this episode. So. But I think this is going to be a good one. It looks like we agree. We are onto something with the Greek, with the Greek theory. <laughs> if you don't know, we agree with more brainstorming one day, and we realize that we heard Greek words from the first episode and the second episode, and we think it might be related to this serial killer. We don't know. I mean, it's just something that we realize. It might be something. It might be nothing. I mean, who knows? But Catherine decided to stay. And she's going to call Max, Allie, and Josh, and Serena, and Chris, and both. And Penny. And she's going to help them solve his murder case. And, well, I think I think that's it for now, right? That is. Well, we love you guys so so much. Please stay safe. Just stay safe, please. If you need to take a break from something, just do it. It's do what's best for you. If you need to listen to us, we're here for you. So we love you guys so so much. See you next week. And tomorrow, there's a brand new episode of CSI Vegas, so go watch it. Bye, I love you. I love y'all.